Welcome to Subscription Box Answers with your host, Liam Brennan. You're no rubbish, no crap. Straight to the point podcast with real actionable tips, real strategies and insights from the industry, which will help you start and grow your own successful subscription box business. You ask the questions. You ask the questions. Liam gives the answers. It's as simple as that. You are very welcome to today's episode of Subscription Box Answers. Now, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about churn and passive churn specifically. Now, we all know when it comes to a subscription box business or any kind of subscription business, churn plays a massive part in how profitable your business will be and how sustainable your business will be. If your churn's too high, it doesn't matter how good you are at marketing. It doesn't matter how good you are at acquiring customers. Eventually, you will reach a point where it will all catch up and you won't be able to grow any further. So there's two different types of churn. There's active churn. And active churn is when somebody cancels. They may cancel because they lost their job, they had a bad experience with your box, they're getting too much things, they need a break, they just want to cancel. So they actively go over and they cancel. The other churn, which we're going to be talking about today, is passive churn. And passive churn is when the customer wants to, well, sometimes they want to continue with the subscription, but they're having payment issues. They've lost their card, their card got stolen, they forgot to update it, and you can't charge them. And eventually, you just keep trying to charge them, and then they cancel. Your billing system stops trying to bill them. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, passive churn is massive for any subscription business. ProfitWell released some information around this a few years ago, um, and they said passive churn can account for up to 40% of your overall churn. So that's absolutely gigantic, and you really need to be on top of it. Um, So let me read out the question that came in during the week, and then we'll jump right into it. How do you manage failed payments after the first box? Do you have any tips? I've got Subly installed and I also have a done-in sequence set up. I also personally emailed them to see if I can assist around the second or third payment failure. Or I will message them if there was existing dialogue previously. These personal messages and customer service usually solve a good amount of these issues. But I'm talking about those hardcore few that clearly bought with zero intentions of continuing on with the subscription. I currently have a free gift similar to Buster Box in the first box. So if they only pay once, this is obviously a huge difference on my profit margin. Okay. So the first thing you need to be aware of is, right, and this is kind of the way, well, it is the way we look at it after getting some advice a very long time ago. 
When somebody initially signs up to your subscription, they're not really a subscriber. We don't look at them as a subscriber. They're only a subscriber when they have renewed and made at least one more additional payment. Up until that point, they are only a lead. And when somebody is only a lead, they are more likely to churn because you will always get a percentage of people who sign up who have no intention of continuing on with the subscription, especially if you are running um, some kind of offer, some kind of free gift, some kind of discount. It doesn't matter if you build that into your six or 12 month commitment terms, you will always get a percentage of people who will not continue. They won't want to continue. So what you want to do is you can't just completely disregard those people because you are still paying for them, but you need to increase your customer acquisition costs. So the way to do it would be at the end of every month, you would work out how many people burned between month zero and month one. That's what we call it. That's your burn. Um, and then you would account for all of that cost and you would include it in your overall customer acquisition cost. Now, you should have some kind of metrics software set up where you can filter out your different cohorts and you can see at what point is somebody most likely to churn. Um, we use Chart Mogul, and you can see this information in Chart Mogul. And the biggest point where somebody is likely to churn is between month zero and month one for us. Now, it's not all bad news, right? And um, there's give and take when it comes to this. And let me explain what I mean. You need to be looking at your overall churn and your overall customer lifetime value. Now, I used to go absolutely crazy over this. We all did in the company when people weren't paying, we'd be going mad. It, it's really, really disheartening. And I can see completely where you're coming from, but it's just part of the game, unfortunately. You will always come across people like that. And it's the same for anybody. Any subscription box business I know, who is scaling and who's looking to grow, they all come across these issues. Now, when you look at your overall churn rate and your overall customer lifetime value, you want to make sure that what you're doing is still profitable because even with a small percentage of people canceling between month zero and month one, you can still build a really, really profitable and sustainable subscription business. You just need to filter in those people um, into your customer acquisition cost. Now, let me break down a few different things you can do. You kind of touched on some of them already, but I'll explain them in more detail, um, which can help with this, which can help bring those numbers down. So the first thing is um, with any form of passive churn, you have to have a Dungan sequence set up. So a Dungan sequence for anybody who's listening and who doesn't know what that is, that's your failed payment recovery sequence. 
that's a sequence that you'll have in place to remind those people to update their card information and to pay for their subscription. Now, no matter what subscription box platform you're on, they're going to have some dung-in sequence built in. Um, and the way we have it set up is, right, we will char- we will attempt to charge somebody again after three days. We'll then attempt to charge them again after another two days. We'll then attempt to charge them again after another two days. And we'll space out our charges over a 50-day period. Now, the reason why we spaced them over a 50-day period is... We actually did some research into this and we have to give 50 days to try and get these people back because there's a percentage of people, like not everybody is coming over and trying to um, take a gift or take the first box and never pay again. There is a large percentage of people who just don't have money in their bank account, they're waiting to get paid, they lost their card, they're waiting to update it. There's many different reasons. So it's not all people trying to take the first box, which is driving this up. So you need to give people a chance to get paid or to update their card. And we found that it usually takes up to 50 days to give these people a chance. Now, if it goes on any longer than 50 days, in our experience, a large percentage of the people then won't come back. A few people will come back here and there, but 50 days is really the time frame that you want to aim for. Um, and when it comes to a dunging sequence, obviously you can, obviously you need to have your email set up. You can also have SMSs set up. They get a really, really high open rate. But the only thing you have to be aware of when it comes to SMS is you are actually paying for every text message that you send out. Um, so you really need to keep an eye on that to make sure it's actually worth it and it's actually winning a decent amount of people back. We do use them, but not that frequently when it comes to a dunging sequence. Another tip which you can follow is you should try to charge everybody at a certain point of the month when they're most likely to be paid. So for us in our market, a large percentage of people get paid on the last Friday of every month. So we go into, we're on Subly, we go into Subly. It's really handy the way they have this set up. And you can charge everybody that's past due. So we will go in and we'll try to charge everybody on the last Friday of the month when they're most likely to be paid. And that works wonders for us. We get a lot of payments through on that date. Um, and I definitely recommend doing it in your business. So if you're in the US, there might be a different time of the month where people are more likely to get paid. I know a lot of people tend to get paid in the middle of the month. So you could even try to do that in the middle of the month and you could try to do it again at the end of the month. Another way, you kind of touched on it, but it's really, really important, personal reach out. So this becomes a bit more difficult as you grow and you get bigger um, and your subscriber base has more failed payments, but it's definitely worth it. If you can personally reach out to somebody via email and you can say to them, hey, look, 
And um, this is the founder of the company. I noticed that you never made your last payment. We have your box here. It's set to ship on the 15th of the month. It's this team. We know you're going to absolutely love it. And we'd hate for you to miss this box. Do you need any help with updating your cart? So again, in my experience, this kind of personal touch when you're reaching out to people about failed payments definitely helps and it's definitely worthwhile. Another thing that works really well but is quite difficult to scale again is a personal phone call. Um, we used to do it in the early days of our business. We'd look at our failed payments. We still do it sometimes now. And we'll literally ring everybody who's in past due. And we'll basically say, hi, how's it going? I'm Liam. I'm the owner of Busterbox. I'm reaching out to you because I noticed you never made payment uh, for your last box. Is everything okay? We have the box sitting here. It's ready to ship. We'd hate for you to miss it. Basically the same kind of uh, outline that I mentioned about the personal email. And when you get somebody on the phone, a lot of the time you'll find that they'll just say, oh, I'm really sorry, I lost my card. Um, I, I do need some help updating it. Can you send me over the link and I'll do it right now. And then you can have a chat with them about your business and get some valuable feedback. What did they think about the last few boxes? What did they like? What don't they like? And you can basically use the exercise as a way of reclaiming failed payments, but also getting information, valuable information from your subscriber base, which you can then use to make your business better. Now, another thing which works really well is, and this really depends on your platform, if this is actually going to work or not, but there's special done-in software. Uh, Stunning is one of them, and Churnbuster, I think, is another one. And they have features built in which can make this process a bit easier. And one of the best features about Stunning is it sends direct update links that somebody can click on to update their card in one click. A big problem which uh, makes a big difference to failed payments is if you're sending out emails telling people to update their card, but they have to click on it and they have to log into their account and they have to remember a password and they have to remember where to go in their account to update their card. It's just a higher barrier and it's making things a bit more difficult. Whereas if you use something like Stunning and you're just sending an email which has a link, they can click it and they can update their card in two seconds, it makes the recovery process much easier. So I hope I hope that makes sense. Obviously, I know firsthand how frustrating it can be and how annoying it can be when it feels like people are coming in and they're not continuing their subscription. But it's all part of the game. You just need to be on top of it and you need to place a huge emphasis on your metrics. Because even with these people chipping away and taking boxes and not updating cards, you can still have a very profitable business, but you just need to look at your metrics. Like if your overall churn rate is under 10% and you have a really, really high customer lifetime value 
and you're acquiring people at a decent rate and you can see your customer lifetime value way outweighs your acquisition cost, well, then you're doing a really good job and you're going to build a highly profitable and sustainable subscription box business. Now, I hope everybody found some value in this episode. We will be back next week at the exact same time. If you have a question that you would like answered on the show, please go to www.subscriptionboxresources.com and you can post your question there. Thanks very much and see you next week.